You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Great, I'd just like to say happy Mother's Day. I don't know if you're aware, Mother's Day is always the fourth Sunday of Lent. That's why it keeps moving in the UK, the fourth Sunday of Lent. And we're doing a series in Lent called 40 Days. Uh, This is because Lent is all about the 40 days that are leading up to Easter. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 4. So if you've got a Bible, it'd be great to turn to it. It might be on your phone or you have a book. The words will come up here as well. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights... He was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said. If you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Some of you will know this passage because you may well have read it before, but some of you might think, oh, it's the first time I've heard it. This is Jesus. He's literally just been baptized. He's been led into the desert and he's had 40 days of fasting. I mean, he must have been hungry. The devil comes, doesn't he? The devil comes and attacks him. But what I want us to look at this morning is what he says. When the devil's under attack, he says this, it is written. When the devil comes with a challenge, he comes back with a quote. When the devil comes and says, oh, come on, I know you're hungry, give yourself bread. He comes back and says, no, the word of God declares this. There are four accounts of the life of Jesus. We call them Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In this book of Matthew, Jesus quotes from 24 of the Old Testament books just in this gospel. This Gospel of Matthew quotes or references the Old Testament 65 times. You see, there is something about the Bible that's got this whole theme that runs through it, and there's a recognition this is God's Word. The New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible, if you wanted to look at it that way, quotes 34 out of 39 of the Old Testament books. Because what they were saying is, look, what's written in here is really important. And how am I going to live? Well, actually, I've got to live according to this book. So I want to ask you a question. How much do you read? 
I, I know it's Mother's Day, and so I want to say to all the women, you go to the top of the class. I was reading this week that there's ample statistical evidence that adult women read more novels than men. They attend more book clubs than men. They use libraries more than men. They buy more books than men. They take more creative writing courses than men. And they probably write more works of fiction than men. Way to go, women. But I'd still like to ask us all the question. How are we doing at reading the Word of God? How are we doing at reading the Word of God? Father, as we come now, we pray that you'd speak to us. We long to hear from you. Lord, I pray that there's words here that I'm going to share that be helpful. I pray they go to people's hearts. I pray if they're not, they just forget them. We want to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I would love to say to you that I honestly believe the Bible is the Word of God and it is vitally important that we get a hold of it. In, in the Old Testament, as I was referring to that, that was the 39 books that wrote about the things before Jesus came on this earth. In, in Psalms, which is a book where they, they used to sing these often, Psalm 119, the large, longest psalm, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And so basically what they're saying is actually, I'm not totally sure where I'm going to go. But what I do know, you know, there weren't street lights in those days. There was this sort of sense of actually the word of God will direct my path. It will guide me. I've got decisions to make. What kind of job do I do? Who do I marry? How do I handle my finances? I've got all these things going in my head. But actually, God, your word is almost like this sort of torch. This, it shows me where to go. I love that as this picture. The psalmist is saying, I trust in your word. In the New Testament, Paul is writing to a young man, and he's at this guy, a young man, is Timothy. He could well have been 40, to be totally honest. That is young. It says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I've, I've tried to say in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the Bible says that, that this, is, this is precious. This is incredible. How are we doing? Edward, could you just come up here and help me? Steve, could you just come up here and help me? Reese, could you come up here? Rob, if you could come up here and help me. Adam, if you could come up here and help me. Dino, if you could come up here and help me. Right, I'd like you guys just to link arms in a circle around me. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Now, I would really like to get to my Bible. I would really like to get to my Bible. I, I would really like to get to my Bible. Guys. Okay, that's enough. I've got to finish this. Thank you. The reality is... There's no way I was going to get past any of those. What hindrances to me getting to the Word of God? I mean, there was that. I think we live in a society where we're wrapped around and there's hindrances to us getting to the Word of God. I think there are so many of these and it can feel so tight and they can almost feel they've got their arms locked and it's almost like, I'd love to get to this. And I would just like to look at some of these right now. What do I think are the hindrances to us getting to the Word of God today? Number one, I would say this, 
materialism. Jesus told a parable himself. He said the word was sown. It was like these seeds that were sown. But actually, other things came up and choked the word of God. You see, the reality is that we live today where we've got so many other things that it can choke us getting to the Bible. What have I got to do? I've got to make sure the house is clean. Oh, golly, that's broken. I've got to get it repaired. Oh, that insurance has run out. I've got to get that replaced. And there can be so many things that we're trying to look after that we don't actually get to the Word of God. Has that become one of the things for you? Is this something you think, oh, God, I'm really going to feed on it. It's going to trust me. Or do, if we're really honest, we get so caught up in what we're going to buy, where we're going to go. I think a second hindrance that stops us getting to the Word of God is activism. Activism. There are so many things for us to be doing. Do you know the average adult spends a decade of their life watching TV? A decade. 24 hours per week, but one in 14 of you, look down your row, there's going to be somebody, will spend 40 hours a week watching the television. And yet 4 million adults in this country never pick up a book for pleasure. 36% of the population have not finished a book because they've got bored with it. But we're activated on so many other things. Mobile phones. They reckon you look at your mobile phone 85 times a day. That's 2,500 times a month. We've always got something on the go. We live in London, which is full of noise, a hurry, and a crowd. And yet Jesus tells the story, doesn't he? Or it's recorded of Jesus. With Mary and Martha. Mary sits at his feet and she listens to the word. But Martha is so active. In fact, she says, go on, tell my sister to come and help me. Jesus says, no, no, she's got the better thing. She sat and listened. When do we get to that point of thinking, God, I've just got to slow down so I could engage. We're trying to have this 40 days and I'm trying to say to you, when do we say, come on, this is something that's worth taking some time over. What is one of the other six things that surround us and stop us getting to the Word of God? I'm going to say humanism. What? Why are you saying that? You see, I think humanism is us thinking that we know better than God. It starts with our ideas rather than God's ideas. We get this even in the Bible. If you think about it, Peter says to Jesus, no, no, don't do that, because he thought his idea was better. And the reality is that some of us think, oh, I'm, I'm not sure I really want to read God's Word because I think I know better. I think, actually, this is how I would do it. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a German pastor. He actually died at the end of the Second World War. He's hung with piano wire. He said, the deceit, the lie of the devil consists of this, that he wishes to make man believe that he can live without God's Word. That we end up thinking, I, I'll be all right. I'll get by by the skin of my teeth. I, I can work it out myself. Is that one of the barriers that stops you getting there? I would suggest another barrier that stops us getting to the Word of God is legalism. You see, the scribes in the New Testament, they were not victims of error, but of truth without power. And I think so often that can be legalism. They were missed in the, detail, in the details they were caught up with, and they missed the encounter with Jesus Christ. 
Mahatma Gandhi, he said this, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, turn the world upside down and bring peace to a battle-torn planet, but you treat it as though it is nothing more than a piece of literature. It could almost be legalism. Do we really believe this? Are we really going to take hold of it? What's another barrier that stops us getting to the Word of God? I would say it's relativism. Oh, if it's okay, if, if you think it, it's okay, there's no absolute truth. I'm not sure I want to read this because this seems to say, don't get drunk. And I'm not sure I believe that anymore. This would say, look, sex is only for marriage. Pete, you can't really say that today. So relativism says, oh, it's okay for you. You do your own thing. But that can be a barrier to us getting to the word of God. The final thing I'd want to say is I sometimes wonder if we get caught up on intellectualism. You see, it becomes about facts. As I told you, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the Bible. It has 176 verses, if you're interested. The shortest chapter is Psalm 117. That only has two verses. The middle chapter of the Bible is also Psalm 117. The longest book of the Bible is Psalms. It has 150 chapters. It contains 43,743 words, if you're interested. The shortest book is 3 John, which has one chapter and 299 words. The longest verse in the Bible is Esther 8.9 with 90 words. The shortest verse, verse is John 11.35 with two words. We can get so caught up in facts about the Bible. And I think that stops us coming to the Bible. I think the other way intellectualism comes is that so often we pick holes in the Bible. We almost sit in judgment. R.C. Sproul, American author and pastor, says this, it's fashionable in some academic circles to exercise scholarly criticism of the Bible. In so doing, scholars place themselves above the Bible and seek to correct it. If indeed the Bible is the word of God, nothing could be more arrogant. It is God who corrects us. We don't correct him. We do not stand over God, but under him. And so one of our barriers, one of these six things that have surrounded us and stopping us getting to the Word of God has been this. The Word of God, the Bible clearly says in James 1 verse 22, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I just want to bang on and say, come on, this is the Word of God. Jesus tells the parable. In Matthew chapter 7, of the wise and the foolish builder. I was brought up to go to church. We used to sing a song about it. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Jesus says this, Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I want to ask you this morning, how wise are you? How wise are you? Three things that I want to say about the Bible. Number one, read it. I, I mean, it's not rocket science, read it. They reckon there's 800,000 words in the book. They reckon if you started at the beginning and read it to the end, it would take you about 54 hours. If you spent 30 minutes a day, you could read the whole book in four months. There is an audio Bible that you can get if you think, I don't enjoy reading. You can listen to it. It is read to you. It takes 77 hours and 22 minutes. If you spend 12 minutes, 43 seconds a day, 12 minutes, 43 seconds a day, you could hear the whole Bible read to you in one year. 
12 minutes, 43 seconds a day. I think, you know, how long's your commute? 12 minutes, 43 seconds. If you've read the Harry Potter volumes, you've read a thousand words, a million words, sorry, a million words. And yet if you read the Bible, it would only be 800,000. I wonder how many people say, well, I've read all of Harry Potter, but I've never read the Bible cover to cover. If you've watched the first six series of Suits, you've invested 61 hours already. Not looking at anyone in particular. But you could have read the whole Bible instead. Since Christmas. Not going anywhere in particular with this one. It's funny, isn't it? Because we can get so caught up in TV, can't we? I read now a Guinness World of Records that you can have a, a, a TV-a-thon. Somebody watched Friends non-stop, all 234 episodes, took them 74 hours. It was a student. I'm not going to say too much about students this morning, but they'd done it sponsored to try and raise money for their studies. I think, wow. He said, oh, God, it was really hard. In fact, he even videoed himself doing it, kept a diary of it. And I think, wow, what a commitment to watching Friends Where's our commitment to reading the word? John Newton, he was an Anglican clergy after being a sailor. I know not a better rule of reading the scripture than to read it through from beginning to end. And when you've finished it once, to begin it again. I would encourage you, what is your intention of reading the word? We're trying to think about Lent. And one of these things is sacrifice and encounter. What could you sacrifice to read the Word of God. It could well be you need to get a Bible reading plan. I have um, one on my phone, uh, you know, and it's called the Version Bible, and there's several reading plans there. Get a hold of it and just think, I'm going to read it through. Nicky Gumbel from HTB, he'll email you something every day. I'm not sure he sits there and personally sends the email, but you get one from him every day. You could read through the Bible in a year. If you don't have a Bible, we will give you one this morning. If you would rather have one in a different language, you let us know and we will get you one. I encourage you, read the Bible. Second thing I want to throw out here is study the Bible. Charles Spurgeon, he was an English Baptist preacher, said this, the more you read the Bible, the more you meditate it, the more you will be astonished with it. Sometimes if we read the Bible, we don't keep a lot. It's easy to forget it. I still think it's worth reading it. You put water through a sieve. You don't keep a lot of the water, but it does keep the sieve clean. Yeah, I would read it every day. But I would also say this. It's great to study the Bible. If you have never got one of these, I'm going to encourage you to do it. You feel a real man of God if your Bible flops. That's what I always thought when I was a little kid. My grandfather was a preacher, and he always had a Bible this size. And I used to look at it and think, wow. No, I'm not really on about the big size Bible. I'm really trying to say this. This is a study Bible. So actually, you look in here, you get cross-references. You look in here, and you could look up themes. You look in here, and you get an overview of the whole book. If you have never had a study Bible, I would encourage this. Ask someone to buy it for Easter. And if no one's going to buy it for you, buy it for yourself for Easter. What a great way of celebrating the end of Lent. Think, you know what? I'm going to get. Now, you might not want a book. You may want to get it on Kindle. 
computer. But when was the last time you thought, actually, do you know what? I'm actually going to study it. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to try and find out what's the book all about. I would encourage you. If you think, you know, Pete, that just seems a bit big, then I would encourage you, buy something that stirs you. I work through these in the morning. This is what I've been doing for the last year and a bit. There's a guy called Phil Moore. He's written this, 60 bite-sized insights, and and the whole series is called Straight to the Heart. If you think, I would love to start on one of these, then I would buy this one, Straight to the Heart of Mark. I mean, basically, you get four pages in the morning. You read a bit out of Scripture, and then you just read it. I was going to buy a load, but I thought, you know, if I buy a load and give them away, I don't know that you'd use it, but if you bought it, you probably would. And so if you think, oh, you're waving it around and I can't remember, you can email me and I will send you the details this week. Why not think, do you know what? Actually, maybe I could study a book. And this will take you the whole way through the book of Mark. If you've never read the Bible, I encourage you to start with the book of Mark. It's the shortest gospel. There's 16 chapters and it's a guy called Peter's involved. So it's a great book. But actually, you just read it and you suddenly think, wow, who is this Jesus? Study the Bible. The third thing that I want to bring out this morning is learn the Bible. Learn the Bible. George Muller, he was a Christian evangelist who also ran an orphanage. He said, I saw the most important thing I had to do, he was a very busy man, was to give myself to the reading of the Word of God and to meditate on it. It's food for the inner man. The Word of God, not the simple reading of the Word of God so that it passes through our minds as water runs through a pond, but considering what we read, pondering over it, applying it to our hearts. I would, I would throw out for Lent, which Bible verses have you learnt? Oh, golly. I have got a list, I, I can't remember, I think it's 50, that I would encourage you to learn. And if you think, do you know what, Pete, I'll learn, I, I learn one a week email me and I'll send you the whole list. I thought there's no point pinging them up here. You know, people are never going to write them all down. But I think, when, when was the time we challenged ourselves? You know, I, I reckon I could learn a verse a week. You could learn 50 verses in a year. Wouldn't that be a great thing to have? You suddenly think, oh, I could recall that. Do you know, when you start learning it, it just brings truth to you. I would love to throw down the challenge under this Lent series that we're doing. How do we really honor the word of God? Not just as some old book. Now, if you ask me the whole thing about what is the Bible really about, I would say this. You see, when you read it, when you learn it, when you study it, it points to one thing. The Bible points to Jesus Christ. Ignorance of the Bible is ignorance of Jesus. John Stott, who was a famous Christian leader, used to say the Bible is a portrait of Jesus. It paints a picture of Jesus. I wish I could have had time to go through it. There's 66 books that make up the Bible. Every single one has a theme, and I would say Jesus is the answer to every one. See, if you read the book of Exodus, it's all to do with this great Passover, and there's the Passover lamb. That was pointing to Jesus Christ. If you read the book of Leviticus, it was all to do with this high priest that interceded between man and God. That was pointing to Jesus Christ. If you look at the book of Ruth, the whole theme is about a kinsman redeemer, somebody that comes along and helps this woman who's just in such trouble. That was pointing to Jesus Christ. If you look at Nehemiah, he was one that restored what was broken down. 
That is Jesus Christ. If you look at the book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. That is Jesus Christ. If you look at Ecclesiastes, it talks about meaning for life. That is Jesus Christ. If you look at Isaiah and the suffering servant, that is pointing to Jesus Christ. I could go through literally every book of the Bible and say it points to Jesus Christ. What I don't want to do is suddenly say, oh, this is my Lent challenge to you. Read it, study it, and learn it. And then you come back and you're just intellectual. You see, the whole purpose of Lent that we're looking at is sacrifice and encounter. If you could just quote me 50 verses in a year's time, we've gone wrong. If you could just say, do you know, for the first time ever, I've read the Bible cover to cover, we've gone wrong. Because this will point to Jesus Christ. Martin Luther, he was a professor of theology, a part of the Reformation. He said, Scripture is the manger in which Christ lies. As a mother goes to a cradle to find her baby, so we Christians go to the Bible to find Jesus. Don't let us inspect the cradle and forget to worship the baby. Martin Luther was a clever guy. Jesus was even cleverer. And he said exactly the same thing to the religious folk in his day. It's recorded in the Gospel of John, and he says this, you study the Scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very Scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I don't want to throw down the challenge of, oh, could you learn something of the Bible that you didn't know before? Could you study it and understand an overview of a book that you never understood before? I'm encouraging you that if you give yourself to this, it will point to him. And you think, wow, wouldn't that be incredible? This is the whole thing, not that our heads just become full of knowledge, but actually our hearts would just end up exploding because I've understood something more of him. Please, what I'm not trying to say is, oh, this just becomes a duty for you. Oh, God, Pete, Lent is a duty until I hit the chocolate of Easter. <laughs> now, this is a delight. Oh, you read this and you just think, oh, Wow. I, I just could, I can't get over how beautiful this really is and, and the themes of Jesus that the whole way through. Do you have to read the Bible? No, you get to read the Bible. That is what I'd love us to, to go away from this whole thing about. So let me ask you two questions as I close. What are the hindrances that hold you back? I had six guys stood here. I thought, I can't physically get to my Bible. I suggested six things. What are the hindrances that hold you back? Just take a moment. Just let God speak to us. I want that for myself. What are the hindrances that hold me back?
I believe when we pray, God hears. I'd like to encourage you to respond right now. If you feel, oh, actually, you know, this sacrifice and encounter, you're right. I'm, I'm not sure I've quite understood the word. I'm not really sure I've given it the priority I should have done. I'm not sure I've come with that faith or expectation. I think I probably... I'll be totally frank with you. One of the hindrances for me was reading it on my phone. Because what I found is I picked up my phone first thing in the morning and I think I was going to read the Bible, but then I realized 20 minutes later I've read all of the BBC News. Or I've looked at Facebook. And I thought, uh, I thought for me, I'm not going to read the Bible on my phone first thing in the morning just because I think it's a, it's a distraction. And I think, actually, God, I really want to encounter you. Okay, I'll go back to a paper book because I think I won't get distracted. What is it for you? If you realize that there have been hindrances and you think, actually, I want to stand and say, God, I, I don't want these hindrances anymore. I, I want to commit myself. Are you going to commit yourself this morning to read it? Are you going to commit yourself to learn it? Are you going to commit yourself to study it? If you think, look, I want to get rid of those hindrances and I want to commit myself not to become an end in itself, but so that I know him better, I'm going to encourage you to stand right now and I'm going to pray that God is going to enable you to do that. It could be this week. It could be this month. It could be this year. So if you think, actually, you're right, Pete. I want to break these hindrances and I want to press in and know more of him through the word. I encourage you to stand right where you are and I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we do want to know more of you. Jesus, we thank you so much that we have this book. We thank you it points to you. We thank you every, every book is pointing us to how great you are. Lord, we're sorry when we've let things get in the way. Sorry when things have held us back from actually coming and encountering you through your word. I pray for everyone stood. I pray whatever it is that you break these hindrances. I pray these, these chains of men, as the picture was this morning, will be set free so that they can walk, they can pick it up, they can enjoy it. Lord, whether it's to study it, whether it's to learn it, whether it's just to read it. God, I want to pray sacrifice and encounter that, that there's a sacrifice made but an encounter that's received this week this month this year in Jesus name amen